Welcome to the Diamond Mind Podcast. I'm your host, Logan Hollowell, and I'm here with my special guest today, Susie Shefflin, who is a sound healer, a mentor, a sobriety coach, and an all-around angelic human. Oh my gosh, Logan, thank you so much for having me. It's such a joy to be here with you today. Yay! It's going to be hard to get through this interview for me because I'm personally (laughs) so excited about the sound bath that you're going to do at the end of the interview Mm. for anxiety, which Mm -hmm. is going to be extremely beneficial for anyone and everyone watching this podcast. So you make sure you stay tuned. Um, I'm so excited to have you here and talk to you a little bit about how you got into sound healing and your journey with sobriety. Um, I guess my first question is what is sound healing and what's the science behind it? Yeah, great question. So sound healing has existed throughout pretty much all of time. As long as there have been cultures, they've used sound for healing, dating all the way back to the Aborigines who used didgeridoos to heal broken bones. Sound was used in ancient Egypt. It's said also that sound was used in Atlantis to heal people. So I know you're tuned into that frequency a little bit as well. (laughs) Um, But today, as we use sound, um, it's basically using, I mean, everything's energy, right? Everything's energy, everything's vibration. So it's using specially tuned vibrations of sound to move energy through the body and bring the body, the mind, and the spirit back into a state of balance and harmony. It's funny, if you um, if you think about the meaning of the word universe, it actually is universe, which means one song. And so we're all meant to be vibrating in harmony with this one song of the universe. But oftentimes, as we move throughout our days and as we move throughout our lives, we can become sort of out of tune with that harmony of the universe. And so in sound healing, we use sound to bring ourselves back into that state of balance and alignment and harmony. Um, There's also a lot of um, more specific science in in ways that the sounds, especially in the way that I use them, um, will actually, in a sound bath, entrain with our brainwaves. The frequency. Exactly. And help to shift us into brainwave states that are associated with deep states of rest and relaxation and meditation and healing. Is that theta? Theta and delta. Yeah, okay, you're good. Cool. <laughs> yeah. So this also correlates um, uh, with you being your most authentic self. So it's like universe, so one song and getting in alignment with, with the earth and with ourselves, which you're one of the most authentic people that I know. Um, and I know that you've had a journey with that, for yourself, you know, your journey with alopecia. And um, so do you want to talk a little bit about that and what that was like for you and becoming totally. sober? Yeah, it's it's definitely been a journey and it started when I was really young. Um, I mean, from as far back as I could remember, I feel like I just felt this sense like I didn't belong. Like I didn't belong here on earth. I, I didn't really, really <laughs> yeah. I <can> really <laughs> like connect with people. I felt like I remember sitting one time like in this kind of sound weird, but in the bathroom of my parents' house and like pinching myself and being like, am I real? Like, what am I doing here? And when I was super, super young, probably until I was five, I had this really strong connection with angels and was obsessed with them. It was all I would talk about. I wanted to dress up as an angel for Halloween. My mom, really? (laughs) I did. Did you? Yeah. We have to compare photos. Okay. Amazing. Amazing. So I felt that connection. And then around the time I was like six or seven, it started to shift. And that's around the time when I started to really feel like, what am I doing here? You know, and I became very afraid. And around that same time, I started to develop bald spots. Mm -hmm. Like my hair started to fall out for no reason. 
And my mom, of course, was so worried about me as, as a young girl losing my hair um, and took me to all sorts of doctors and natural healers. And alopecia is the word for a condition which basically means unexplained hair loss. And so they were like, okay, no cause, no cure. So my mom would take me to different homeopathic doctors and Reiki healers and Ayurvedic healers. And it began this real journey for me of trying to figure out what was wrong with me, you know? And I was so ashamed. Like as a little girl, I mean, hair, as, as a woman in general, hair is such a big part of our identity, right. you know? And it was something that I totally hid. I didn't want anyone to find out because I already didn't feel like I belonged. And then it was like, yeah. what if people know? What if people find out my secret? So I became incredibly anxious. Like I was constantly in my head, constantly stressing about like, can people tell that my bald spot's showing? Like, do people like me? Do I fit in? And it was like this thing that was always going on. My mind was so busy. And then in really middle school and then into high school, as most young people do, I started to experiment with drinking alcohol. And from pretty much the first time I drank, it was like, oh, I can use this to turn my mind off and escape and check out. And I never drank to like have a glass of wine and enjoy it. It was always like, get this in me so my mind would be quiet and I wasn't here. And from very early on, like I would black out. It was pretty scary looking back on it, you know? And it was, looked like normal, like high school partying behavior and college partying behavior, but I mean, in truth, like, I would sometimes wake up having peed the bed or, like, not knowing where I'd been or who I'd been with or having lost my cell phone or having bruises all over my body. And it continued to get worse. Yeah. And then in my 20s, it started to become very clear that, like, this isn't really working for me. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I graduated from University of Virginia where I majored in East Asian studies and religious studies. So at that point, I was like sort of starting to tune into a more academic standpoint of spirituality. Yeah. Um, But it sort of planted this seed. And then I went on to go to culinary school in New York City. And when I was there, I had this realization, oh, I have anxiety. Like, this is it. I didn't realize what it was until that point. I just thought my mind was really busy, and so I needed to, like, drink to quiet it. Right. And to fit in and all the other things. It was just such a big part of my life and my world. But at that point, when I realized, oh, this is anxiety, I went to the doctor, and I started getting some prescriptions. Okay. And I got prescriptions for anxiety meds. I got prescriptions for Adderall. So I created this cocktail for myself where I would, like, take Adderall during the day so I could be super focused, super energized, but also ramp up my anxiety so I could get stuff done. And then at night, it was like I would be taking benzos and drinking and not remembering, and it became this, like, crazy cocktail that then led me to start waking up in the emergency room. Wow. Yeah. So it was scary. You know, it was really scary and potentially super dangerous. Thank God. Thank God. Nothing actually serious ever happened to me other than a lot of embarrassing moments and doing some crazy things like punching my boss in the face. Oh, my God. (laughs) Susie, I can't even imagine that. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. I know. But I was like I mean, it's not funny. Sorry. Running. and, And so many people, it was like, the culture, you know, people yeah. in my life at that point were laughing with me. They were like, right. oh, ha ha, like you had a crazy drunken night. Like that was not absurd for the right. people I was hanging out with. It was like, yeah. okay, like that's what we do. I had graduated from culinary school and I was working in luxury lifestyle management. Um, before that, I was doing PR and marketing for a Michelin starred restaurant group, but then I was in luxury lifestyle management. So it was all like 
fast pace, like food and beverage industry, hospitality, whining and dining, and everyone was just out and about doing that. Um, and then it just got to the point where I was like, this isn't working, right. you know? My life is not going where I want it to go, and I need to make a change. And so I started trying to stop drinking, and I couldn't. I went to therapy. I went to different IOP programs. There was a period where I was taking this medicine called antabuse, which, like, if you drink on it, it literally makes you violently ill. And I would still drink on it because I would go out with my friends. Like, I was – I remember one time I was in the Storben Parade, like, this – uh, Oktoberfest parade on a float in New York City going down Fifth Avenue with my coworkers because I was working with um, a company that was associated with the Stainer Beer Garden. And we were like having so much fun. I was like, oh, I'll just drink some vodka. Next thing I knew, I was like just throwing up in Central Park, like so sick, out of my mind. But like I just kept putting myself in those situations, you know? And it, a large part of that was because I didn't know there was a different way. And I would get into these situations where I was with people and I was like, why don't I feel like I fit in? Why don't I feel like I belong? Like, I need to get out of this. Yeah. So I would have a drink or 10. So, yeah, it got to a really bad point um, where, I mean, my family was worried about me. My friends were worried about me. I knew I needed to change. And there was this summer where I had been in a relationship for 11 years that, I had sort of been blaming the relationship, you know, like, well, if he won't stop drinking, like, no yeah. wonder I can't. So I ended it. He was your mirror, maybe. Totally, yeah. totally. And such an amazing, you know, mirror in my life. Right. Taught me so much, led me to exactly where I needed to be. But ultimately, it wasn't a relationship that was serving either one of us. Mm -hmm. And when I ended it, I didn't change. All the feelings were still there. All the not wanting to feel was still there. Mm -hmm. And I remember I was living on Central Park South. I had this amazing apartment. The lease was ending in September. I had broken up with him in May. And I had three months to figure out what was happening next. And I could not face my life. I just couldn't face it. And so every night I would just go home and order bottles of wine delivered and cry. And I was so sad and just lost and completely just spiritually disconnected. And it got to the point where... It was in August. I remember like I was out with friends all day. We went to boozy brunch. We went to a concert. It was not unlike a normal Saturday for me in New York City. But when I got home, I was just like, I can't do this anymore. And I remember I got in my bathtub and I took all my prescription pills and I put them out in front of me. And I was like, I just can't do this anymore. And I have no idea what happened. You, you took the pills? I think I took some of them, but I miraculously woke up the next morning. <gasps> Obviously, wow. I didn't take enough to actually oh, no. make it happen. But um, yeah, like I remember I found a month later. So and after that, I ended up, I woke up the next day and I was like, okay, I need, I need help. help. Yeah. yeah. So I reached out. I called my mom. She came into the city with my sister. I told work. I was like, you guys know I shouldn't be drinking. <laughs> you know I've been drinking. I need to take time. So I went to rehab. And like a month later in rehab, I went to send a text to my family and my family group text. And there was this whole letter typed out, like saying goodbye. And I was like, oh my God. Saying goodbye to you? Saying goodbye to them. Oh. That like hadn't been sent. You know how like when you oh, say, like yeah, type yeah, a yeah. draft, oh, it doesn't go I know. I'm like, I was just like, thank God that like oh, something happened that night that just 
save me. Like I yeah. didn't send the text. Like I clearly didn't take enough of the pills. And I woke right. up the next day and I was still there. And like in my mind was this new voice that was like, Susie, wake up and live. Wake up and live. Like there's another way. Yeah. And so I started looking for that. And I took a full month. I took 30 days in a rehab treatment facility. And when I was there, a lot started to shift and open up because – and a lot of things that, like, still are a huge part of my daily life and my daily spiritual practice and my recovery. Like, we started a daily gratitude practice where we would go around every night and say what we were grateful for. And I remember when I first got there, I was like, I don't really feel like I have that much to be grateful for right now. You know, my life really feels like it's in shambles. <laughs> I've pretty much lost everything. And, you know, I would just say, like, I'm grateful to be alive. I'm yeah. grateful, whatever. I'm grateful for food. Yeah. And day by day, just by going through the motions and saying this is what I was grateful for, now I know, like, it's a vibration. You know, our right. words have a vibration. So just by saying I'm grateful started to activate the frequency of gratitude within myself. Yeah. And I started to feel it. And I started to really feel grateful for my life. And I remember when I was there, there was a total lunar eclipse. It was a blood moon. And I remember going out and looking up at the night sky and being like, the moon. Like for the first time seeing it and being like, wow, just so aware of the cycles of life. And that, right. you know, with this full moon, I could let go of my past and I could begin again. And I also did music therapy there and I had Reiki healings there and it just activated something within me that when I left rehab, I continued to do gratitude. I got Reiki healings. I got certified in TM, Transcendental Meditation, and I started practicing that every day. And, you know, it all just unfolded. And about a year later, I moved across the country. I was living, I was living in Connecticut with my parents, commuting into the city for work, and got this intuition that I needed to move to California. And my family thought I was crazy. <laughs> like, what Same. are you talking about? <laughs> Same. <laughs> like, what? California? You Everything's here. In what Virginia, do you do? right? I went to school. Um, oh, okay. I'm to school in Virginia. Okay. Yeah, and you're from the South, too. Yeah. yeah. North Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, over there, like, coming to California feels like another planet. Like, you're like, what? But it started to just come through, like, this is where you need to be. And so I completely manifested it. Like, I would sit in my meditations and I would visualize my apartment. I would visualize my life. I started to write down what I would be doing. I would write down, like, you know, this is where I'll go to therapy. Like, this is yeah. where Bo will go to the groom or my dog. Like, yeah. this is what I'll be doing. Like, I'll, I would visualize myself, like, across from the beach, doing yoga in my apartment. I started to look up yoga teacher trainings completely to a T, everything came true. Wow. Literally. Yeah. So I was, I mean, I was looking everywhere for an apartment when I decided it was time to move, couldn't find anything. And then I was like, okay, I surrender. It's going to come to me when it's meant to. Like, I just trust that it's going to come. Let go. Completely let go. Even though, you know, I'd been visualizing it and yeah. seeing it, I was like, I'm not going to be able to find it myself. It has right. to come. Went on Facebook, which I never did. Like, I was so diligent at work. I would never go on Facebook at work. And yeah. I went on and I saw this post from someone I had studied abroad with in Barcelona when I was 16. And, you know, we hadn't really stayed in touch. She was this great girl, but I saw she posted. She was like, I have this apartment in Santa Monica. Let me know if you're interested. Immediately reached out, got on a FaceTime with her, and I was like, 
that is the apartment I've been visualizing. That's what I've seen in my mind. <gasps> and ended up, without even seeing it, signed the lease. Wow. <laughs> moved out with two suitcases. And in the process of moving, my aunt who lives out here took me to a sound bath. And yeah, I was still super anxious. I mean, first yeah. of all, None of that had shifted other than like I'd started meditating and, you You're know. You sober. Sober, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, I was getting sober. Oh. So, exactly. So, um, came out here and she took me to the sound bath in Los Feliz. She was like, do you want to go? And it was like this knowing. Like I didn't ask like, what's a sound bath? I was like, yeah, let's go. And so we went and it was like, all those years of searching, like of all those years of trying to escape from my life, trying to like quiet my mind through drinking and pills, like I felt like I had come home right. in that sound bath. <gasps> yeah. To your purpose. Yeah. Well, oh and it God. just like brought me home to myself. Like not yeah. even in that moment. I didn't know I was going to share it. Okay. I was just like, this feels like home, you know, like it feels like everything's okay to be with myself. And yeah. so I kept going and I kept going. And eventually I was like, I need to learn this because yeah. I need to share it. This has such potential to help so many people. Yeah. And so I did. Yeah, I started learning it. I started, I learned by playing the gong. Um, and then I got Reiki attunements. And then I knew, like I knew I needed to leave my corporate job. I was still doing luxury lifestyle management, helping people. Yeah. But I just kept hearing in my mind, like, it's not in alignment with your spirit. You can help people in a deeper way. Right. So I ended up leaving my job completely spontaneously. Like, it was unplanned but very divinely guided. And I was like, I'm a healer now. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't even have claimed it. Yeah. I, I called my mom. I was like, Mom, I quit my job. I'm a healer now. And she's like, Susie, you know, it's much easier to find a job when you have a job. And I was like, I'm not finding another job, Mom. I'm stepping into my path. And so I did, and I got, I started off with three crystal bowls, and I would just go down to the beach and play them and told everyone I was a sound healer. Everyone would be like, I'm a sound healer. Have you tried a sound bath? And I did the same thing when I became a jewelry designer. I'm like, I'm a jewelry designer. Yeah. like, but you are a bartender. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm also a jewelry designer. Well, <laughs> it works. Because you manifest it. Like, yeah. abracadabra. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah, as you speak, you create. You say I it, and, and so it is. And so... Yeah, I had my first sound bath on the beach that summer and I was so nervous. Like I almost canceled it before. I was like, no one's going to come. I had just like texted everyone I knew, sent out an email and 26 people came. What? Yeah. That's a lot. It was, I was like, what? I was so nervous, <gasps> but it was so beautiful and so magical. And then from there, everything started to open up. Oh, you know? That's so amazing. Your story is so inspiring and your your work is just so incredible. I've been to so many of your sound baths now. Um, the last one was on the beach, mm -hmm. which was magical. I was teleporting. Um, it's hard for me to get up, but I definitely resonate with that story about, you know, coming home and finding, refinding yourself after all of the layers of like drugs and, and you know, substances and doctors and all this stuff. Because I went through the same journey when I was in high school. I was put on mm -hmm. at 14 Adderall mm -hmm. and which caused all these other side effects. And then they're like, oh, but we can't take you off because mm -hmm. your grades are getting better. So we're going to actually up your dose and give you Prozac and then like trying all these Lexapro and all these things. And it's like, I didn't need that stuff. Like no. I was just a little bit different, but I definitely yeah. felt 
starting at like seven, eight, nine, like I was not on, I like got dropped off on the, on the wrong planet. Like I was like, like I would look at the stars and Mm -hmm. be like, people would talk about home, like home, sweet home, 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 home. And I like, I knew my house and I loved my family, you Mm -hmm. know, but for me, like, I didn't really understand what that meant. You know, like I would look at the stars and the moon and I would just be like, but that feels more like home than anywhere else I've ever been. And it was just indescribable and also very attracted to like crystals and healing, angels. We have to compare this picture. Yes. <laughs> um, so I love that. And I, I feel like so many people right now, you know, they want to get into meditation. They don't know where to start. Mm-hmm. And as you said, you know, sound healing is a great avenue Mm -hmm. a beginning point because it's like it is everyone's you know their excuse is always like no but you don't understand my mind I can't cut off my mind it's like yeah we all have that it's the monkey mind it's our you know primal state and we're shifting into a new layer of 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 consciousness yeah which is moving away from that primal survival like reptilian Mm -hmm. aspect of ourselves so just using sound healing as a bridge you know to get into well, also as a meditation tool, but a bridge to get into a place where they feel like they can just like deeply let go and True. relax and allow the vibrations to just, um, you know, heal themselves and, and get yeah. back to alignment, like you said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, especially for women, we talked a little bit about, because I wanted to know like some of your major success stories that you've had mm-hmm. with like sound healing and yes. what it's done for people, you know, healing from illness or mm-hmm. different issues. And I'd mm-hmm. love to hear that story. You you mentioned it, but yes. I want to hear a little more there's, about the fertility. There's so many cool stories. Yeah, okay. but the one that we were talking about earlier, which is so beautiful and so inspiring. And this has happened on multiple occasions, but this particular one is cool because it has to do with the moon. Um but there's this incredible woman who I love and I've worked with her for years and she's come to my sound bath forever and she wanted to get pregnant and was struggling for years, like could not get pregnant. And one of the main offerings that I have is or that I share are our moon ceremonies. So we do a ceremony for the full moon or the new moon. The full moon is for release and the new moon is for planting seeds of intention. And then afterwards, we amplify our intentions with the sound bath. So she started coming to these moon ceremonies and she set her intention this one time, you know, I am a mother. And she spoke it out loud. And literally that night she ended up conceiving. And what? That yeah, night? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And um, she got pregnant and had this miracle baby after years of trying. And then nine months later this beautiful baby was born I can't remember if it was the full moon or the new moon that she was born on but she ended up having her baby on one of the moons which isn't uncommon a lot of women give birth on the full moon yeah time of release energetically right right um and she named her baby Luna oh so sweet yeah, yeah. I love that I mean it yeah. may it's just so like it makes so much sense it's like for a lot of women you know they're dealing with infertility it's it's because we're like in this world where we feel like we have to be so strong and it's like, you know, it's quite patriarchal and we like have to get up and be like, put on all this armor. And and when you let, when you're, when I'm in your sound baths and you know, the other ones that I've done, I feel like I can just like kind of let go and like receive, which is very feminine just to receive instead of to like, cause we, we give so much on a daily basis, whether it's to our family, our employees, our coworkers, 
Um, and then we take little time to just receive and practice self-care. So it makes sense that during your, your you know, class. Truly. Yeah. So well, I mean, getting pregnant is a miracle, you know, right. and a miracle yes. is it's a shift in perception from fear to love. And right. so many of us in the world that we live in today are so indoctrinated to live in this constant state of fear. And that's what puts us into fight or flight. It's like, I'm not safe. I'm not okay. I need to figure it out, especially as women, you know? And to be in a sound bath and the bowls that I work with, the specific frequencies are doing a lot of energy with the frequency of unconditional love. And then I have a lot that are, they're alchemy bowls. So they're infused with platinum, which brings in the energy of the divine feminine. Oh, wow. So it's really bringing in this energy of letting go and allowing and receiving, you know, and it's just miraculous the things that can happen when we allow ourselves to let go and to right. trust that things are really working out for us and we don't need to figure it out we don't need to try like you think about like a little acorn like a seed right it's you don't have to like try to put sunlight on it or force the rain to come or like give it the perfect soil like if you let an acorn be planted in nature the universe is going to guide it into its highest potential and it's going to grow into this beautiful oak tree and same for us like we are always being guided towards our highest potential but because as humans, we have the small mind, the negative mind, or the ego mind, which will then try to tell us, like, I need to figure it out. Sometimes it actually takes us away from that, you know, and, and we can get stuck. So what do you think it is during your sound bath that allows people to just kind of let go, open up and surrender? What do you think? So on a very scientific level, sort of like we were talking about before, the sound waves, as they entrain with our brain waves, bring us into these brainwave states, the theta and the delta brainwave states. The theta brainwave state is where we are during REM sleep, which is where we are when we're dreaming. Yeah. And it's in that state that deep rest and healing takes place. And we also have access to our subconscious mind. Right. 
So a lot of people have these really beautiful visualizations. They feel connected to their higher self. They feel like they're being guided or inspired. And then the delta brainwave state is what I like to call the place, which is sort of like you feel like you're not quite awake. You're not quite asleep. You're sort of just somewhere else, almost like you're floating. And what I find is that when people get into the place in a sound bath, they're tapping into their higher self, this space of infinite potential. And then afterwards, they may not remember their experience per se. They may be like, I don't know what happened. Like, I just feel so relaxed. I feel so calm. But then these downloads start to come in, these inspirations, these miracles. And that's sort of the science behind it. But in a very much more esoteric way, it's really connecting, I I believe, to the infinite. The divine. Yeah, yeah, the divine. Kind of like unpacking, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think it's important for people not to get too attached to other people's spiritual experiences per Mm -hmm. se like Mm -hmm. I've had by listening you know in your sound baths other ones that I've done in Tulum or in LA even just listening to binarial beats Mm -hmm. on my headphones um visualizations of DNA repair like being on a spiral staircase and like ascending upwards and like finding myself opening different doors that lead to different places which Mm is amazing um other times I I like you said, I don't remember what happened, but later on I have visions or I see colors or sparks and I'm like, okay, I feel like I'm, you know, my vibration is definitely on a higher frequency. My most recent sound bath I did with you, um, I had contact with one of my angels that I hadn't seen. I get chills Mm -hmm. that I hadn't seen in in some time. So that was really beautiful. And I felt like there was at one point where I was just being held. I know. It's so beautiful. And you just, you know, you're, you took me to that place through, through your bowls and, um, in just a matter of 30 minutes. Um, but again, it's not always like that. It's so it's, it's important for people to know, just let go, relax and enjoy and let the sounds like take you on a journey, you know? You know, everyone's experience is different. And from time to time, your own experience will be different. But what I see as a theme and a common thread throughout people's experiences is what you said, that feeling of being held and being unconditionally loved. And that, you know, life doesn't always turn out the way that we think it is going to, you know? But it's working out and it brings us back to that place of self-acceptance. And for me... That's how, I mean, the biggest transformations and the deepest healings of my own life, you know, that my experience with hair loss, with alopecia, like I had been searching for years and years and years trying to figure out what was wrong with me. And it was through going to sound baths that I started to connect with this idea that, you know, maybe nothing's wrong with me. You know, what if this is exactly the way that I'm meant to be? And so after a few years of going to sound baths and sharing sound healing, I actually got to the point where I stopped wearing a wig. I stopped hiding. I felt this sense of, you know, self-love and self-acceptance that I never even dreamt was possible. And I decided to shave my head. (laughs) And it was like this rebirth into who I was supposed to be. And, you know, if you were to ask me 5, 10, 25 years ago, if I would be sitting here right now as a bald woman, I would be like probably go hide I'd be like no way that's my nightmare that's my biggest fear but you know life is always working out in ways that are different than we expect but better than we can imagine absolutely 
Yeah. Yeah. Have you had anything like that in your life? Yeah, a hundred percent. Um a hundred percent. I definitely could relate to that because when I was in let's see, when I was in high school and I went to an all girls boarding school in North Carolina mm-hmm. and I was definitely different. Like I said, I didn't I didn't connect with everyone on like I felt like I was I didn't really fit in fully. Um there was definitely a part of me that like I didn't find myself like really attracted to academics, which happens, you know, but but like I was more into like philosophy and spirituality and art mm-hmm. and I wasn't, you know, I was being forced to learn things that I wasn't interested in. And that was hard for me because a lot of it was like really heavy. And I know it's real, like the stuff is real and it's important that you know, you know, what's going on in our history. But like I was just thinking of the future and how we could create a better world. And I felt that just repeating the same information over and over was telling the same story again and again. And I just felt like I wanted this world to see a new story. Like I always felt like I I had this memory since I was a little kid. I know there's a better way for us. Like I know that there's a better way for humanity. Um, and so, you know, being told that like I had ADD and that I wasn't good enough and that like, you know, my grades weren't enough and they, they could get better. So we need to up the dose. Like it was just this constant reminder that like I was just not enough. And so I really internalized that and I started to feel like, you know what, maybe I just am like an imbecile, you know, maybe I'm not good enough. And I started to believe these stories that I made up for myself. And it was so sad because it's not true at all. Um, I knew deep down that like I was a strong spirit, but I just was like, I'm not one of this world and I don't know how to like fit in. So I, I just kind of like went along with the motions and, and took the medication. And then I found myself using other drugs to make myself feel more like Um, Because honestly, street drugs were not even as strong as the pharmaceutical drugs. So it's just like and I but I never got to the point where I was like blacking out or anything like that. Um, I think I just like wanted to push the limits and see how far my mind could go. Uh, And eventually, you know, I moved to California and I started to try and get into a university because I didn't get in straight straight out of high school. So I started going to community college and I really loved it. I was taking classes I was interested in um, and I kept applying to universities and not getting in. And eventually at age 21, I f- after and I was still taking the Adderall because that's how I knew how to study. And it was like, you got to get into a university. So I was taking the Adderall. And that's what I had known since I was 14. So eventually I was just like, and, you know, my parents went through crazy economic um, what's the word? Hardship. <laughs> hardship. Okay. Crazy economic hardship from, you know, the 2007 crash. And I was completely on my own, 18 years old, working like four jobs and, you know, trying to get into university. And it just, it made no sense. Yeah. And I finally just surrendered. I was like, you know what? Maybe I'm not cut out for that life. Like, maybe I'm going to pave my own way. Like, And it was just that experience. So I took myself, which I do not recommend. I'm not a doctor. (laughs) Do not just take yourself off. But that's what I did. And it was extremely scary. Um, Not just from like taking myself off of medications, but just letting go of this story that I had been telling myself for so long that I wasn't enough. Um, 
and just surrendering into knowing that everything was going to work out and um sometimes letting go of that survival and that fear is scary because our story we get so attached to our story and it's like oh my god so when you let go of it it feels almost unnatural so i started rebuilding this story for myself Mm -hmm. that i was strong that i was an entrepreneur and that i was a designer and i was doing what i loved and a lot of people like they look at like what we're talking about oh we have this sound healer and this amazing spiritual angelic experiences Mm -hmm. That's not what it's always like. No. It's, you go through dark night of the <laughs> yeah, soul. Yeah, totally. Um, and, you know, you, you have those scary moments where you feel, like, completely lost mm-hmm. and you have nowhere to turn. But you have to go through that in order to surrender and, and, and to find the way. Um, so I, once I did that and I started just doing things that spark joy and hanging out with people that spark joy and engaging in conversations and learning how to reprogram my subconscious mind Mm -hmm. by reading, you know, at at 21, like I felt very alone. None of my friends were doing this. They're like, come to the bars. I'm like, I was doing that when I was younger. And I, there's, the bars don't do anything for me. There was nothing there for me anymore. There's no real connection. Yeah. And I was just like, I remember like being in a bar when I was like 22 and I was just like all these like drunken people and like guys. And I was just like, I have nothing to say to you. Good night, guys. I'm going home. And I just went home and I was like, I'm done here. Like, I'm just going to like, if so what I'm like a nerd and I'm staying home on a Saturday night meditating, like I'm making a dream board. I'm going to be designing my life. This is what I'm going to do. So I spent those two years designing my life and I made visualization boards. I had meditations. I did um, lots of reprogramming of my subconscious and sure enough, it was just like one thing after another, like all the things I had put on my vision board were just happening. And it's it was important for, for people to know, like start with something small. Like it could be like, you know, I remember at one point I was like, I really wanted like a really nice leather jacket. And I was living paycheck to paycheck, but I wanted like, I didn't want to buy like cheap stuff anymore. I wanted like things that lasted, like mm-hmm. instead of like, five itchy sweaters like I wanted one like nice cashmere sweater Mm -hmm. you know and I would get it dry clean and start taking care of my things and like raising the bar Mm -hmm. and I put a leather jacket like a bomber jacket on my thing on my dream board and like four nights later I was at a girlfriend's house and she's like hey I just my friend from Sweden sent these Italian jackets she was in the fashion world She's like, they're like $1,200 jackets, but like, it's an extra small and it is not, it's tiny on me. Would you want it? And I was like, what? (laughs) Do I want to buy it? And she's like, no, 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 you can have it. She sent me a bunch of these samples. And I was like, I was like, I can't. I went home that (laughs) night and I just was like crying. Not because I got a leather jacket because I was like, I am magical. Yes. Like this universe is magical. Mm -hmm. And that's when I really started to realize okay, I'm in charge. Like mm-hmm. I can design the life I want. Yes. And, and you Ugh. know, here we are, but it takes that looking in the mirror. And I, one thing I forgot to mention was when I was going through all that alchemy of my soul, mm-hmm. um, I had this pivotal moment where I felt like you, I had been hiding from myself in so many ways. And I, and I heard like Louise Hay, you mm-hmm. know, she'd always said, I listened to her tapes in the car. Yes. Tapes. And um, and she would always say, like, do the mirror work like you're going to pass by the mirror, 
bunch of times until you're ready to look yourself in your eyes mm-hmm. and say, I love you. Mm-hmm. And I just kept kind of avoiding it. Oh, yeah, I'll get to it, you know, like whatever. And then finally, one night, after having a meditation and just, I remember just getting up and I went and looked at my mirror in my eyes, not at like my face, but like into my eyes. And that was the most psychedelic experience because it was like, I literally saw the cosmos in my eye and I was like, I love you. And I saw like flashed this like little girl that I left behind, like my, my younger self chills. That I had left for so long and she was still there. Like I saw her in the mirror and I um, and after that night and I started crying and I was just like, oh, my God. Mm. And that night I I got in bed and I literally held myself, Mm. but not me, like my younger self. And I was like, I will never leave you behind again. Mm. And I promised her that. So anytime I feel like I'm like a little off balance, I'm like straight to the mirror. Okay, we need to have a conversation, you know. Or like, or if I'm having negative self-talk, I remember, would I say that to my, you know, seven-year-old self? Mm-hmm. No. If you had a seven-year-old little girl or like your puppy, would you ever say that to your girl, your little, you know, for me, little Kaya? No, I would never say those things. So why would I say those to, to myself? Yeah. yeah. And I feel like it is. It's a daily and a moment-to-moment practice where the mind is going to come up with negative thoughts. Like it's yeah. just a matter of being human. It's a part of the human experience. But to have tools and practices as you do, and I mean, I've done the same thing, like eye gazing in the mirror or like singing songs that like love, (laughs) it sounds super cheesy, but like there's a song from Moulin Rouge, you know, the one's like, I will always love you. I love that song. Yeah. Yeah. I literally, after I shaved my head, like looked at myself in the mirror and sang that song to myself and was bawling, crying, but it was like this profound moment of self-acceptance, you know? And so to constantly be shifting back to love away from these thoughts of fear and negativity, which are normal, you know, like I always say in a sound bath, you're going to have thoughts that are going to be there, but you are so much more than your thoughts. Yeah. You're not your thoughts. You're not your thoughts. (laughs) I have goosebumps again, you know? And that's so so important to to remember. Yeah. Yeah. And like, we're all going to go through challenging dark times where we feel alone, where we feel like things aren't working out, but to come back to that belief that like you are enough. You know, and look at you, Logan, like you are so enough. Look at what you've accomplished and the beautiful life and all the magic that you share in the world. And you're one of the most well-read people I've ever met. Like you're always like, oh, this book, this podcast, like you always know the most inspiring bits of information, you know, and if you had clung to that story that like, I have to get into a university, I have to make this work, like who knows where you'd be. But instead, you gave yourself the most beautiful, inspiring education that's truly, as you said, your your vision from a child making yeah. the world into a better place. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> that means so much. Yeah. And you're such a goddess. Like, like you, you're one of the most radiant people I've ever met in my life. Like, when I see you from afar, it's just, I see you, like, this glow coming mm-hmm. out yeah. of you. It's because of what you do and, you know, your energy and your authenticity. It's just vibrant. So thank you you for inspiring (laughs) us all. I love you. I love you. Oh, my gosh.
Another thing I want to mention is um, I love your mentorship program that you've been offering to girls. I've seen, I've heard girls talk about how incredible it's been for them for finding their most authentic self. And then also you train people in sound healing. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Yes. So (laughs) a couple of years ago, I had this realization, which is that, you know, I alone can touch so many people, right? But if I help to activate other people and help them to align with their purpose and become confident sharing their gifts and expanding their light, then my reach becomes exponential. Exactly. So yeah, so I lead sound healing trainings a couple of times per year. And then I also offer a mentorship group program and a one-on-one program for people who are ready to align with their highest purpose and build their own spiritually aligned business, sharing their gifts with the world. That's beautiful. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's, it's so true. It's like we can, you know, we can touch people with our gift, but if you activate that gift within others, then, then really like it all comes back, you know, it's like, I love it. And, um, another story that has been reverberating through my mind recently is Noah's Ark. And not to say that I'm religious or anything, but uh, I love the story about Noah. And I feel like you and I both kind of had our moment with that where we had these like crazy ideas. Like for me, it's you're going to be a jewelry designer and you're going to sell fine jewelry. So I was like, I don't want to make like cheap stuff that's going to fall apart. Like I want people to have things that last. Mm -hmm. And even if like that means they can only get like one small piece of gold jewelry and nothing else for six, like, you know, no other, like, pieces for six months, at least we know that that piece is going to last. And applying that to other areas of my life, like friendships, like, Mm -hmm. you know, I'd rather have, like, one really solid friend than, like, five friends that are very Mm surfacey, And just kind of creating, you know, um, raising the bar. And, and, and the, and the idea of, of you, like, quitting your corporate job, that's like the Noah, like, build this ark and da-da-da-da, and you're going to get on it with, and do all these things. And you, you were just, like, fearlessly, like, yeah, that's what I'm being guided to do, mm-hmm. so I'm going to do it. And same with me. Like, my family was like, you're going to California? You're crazy. Like, my brothers told my mom and dad, they're like, she's going to fall flat on her face. Sorry, guys. <laughs> you did say that. <laughs> and and I was just like, that's hilarious that they said that, you know, like no way. Like it's when you know what you need to do or what you're being divinely guided to, even when it sounds crazy, you just do it. And it's like, like I went to Africa by myself. Like who does that? Like, you know what I mean? I just I was like 25 years old and it was the most magical trip I ever had. But it was being divinely guided. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's what my mentorship's called, divinely guided for that oh, reason. Really? Yeah, <laughs> <literally. Okay. laughs> Truly, because it's like we have these soul sparks within us, you know, yeah. these moments of inspiration that are like, I need to go to Africa or I need to go to India or yeah. I need to create a jewelry line or I need to get crystal bowls. Right. And the world around us oftentimes, you know, can't they can't see that vision that's within you. It might seem strange or out of the box. And, you know, in your mind, you might also be conditioned to think like, how could I do this? Am I allowed to do this? But when you take that question mark off your back, as one of my mentors says, and just give yourself permission Permission. to trust and realize that you don't need to figure everything out at once. You know, it's literally a step by step. I always think about it as like a staircase in Harry Potter. 
Or it's like this magical staircase that you're walking up. You have an idea that there's something on the top floor. You don't quite know what yet, but you know you need to get up there. And the stairs only reveal themselves one step at a time. Right. Right? So like you have to take that one step before the next one is revealed. And when you trust that process, it's so beautiful and so exciting. And you end up in places having experiences that are truly beyond your wildest dreams. Totally. Yeah, there's so many synchronicities. Things just fall into place. Mm-hmm. And then also you'll go through the storms like Noah, you know, that he built this ark and he grew out a beard and he wasn't shaving. He was focused on this thing. And then, yes. you know, all the animals, he got together on the boat and went through. And then finally, through that dark night of the soul, mm-hmm. a dove arrived. And it was like the symbol of peace saying mm-hmm. like, it's safe now. Like everything's okay. And like the rainbow and it's just... That's truly what happens when you when you're being divinely guided. And um, also, I love following you on Instagram. Oh, thank it's you. So good. <laughs> it's just like extreme positivity all the time. I'm just like, 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 like. So where can we find you online and your courses and everything? So my Instagram is at the copper vessel. I share lots of free sound bats on there and inspirational messages. I'm always on my story, you know, chatting with everyone and sharing positivity and hope and light. Channeling. Channeling. <laughs> and then for information about all of my programs and my trainings and live virtual sound bats, you can go to my website, which is thecoppervessel.com. Okay. I had one of the most beautiful experiences during one of Susie's sound baths, and I cannot wait to explore that with you. Make sure you stay tuned to the end of this podcast because you can experience this freedom yourself. Okay, perfect. Yay. So excited. Thank you so much for joining me, babe. Oh my this gosh. has been so such an inspiring conversation for me and I know for so many others. So thank you for sharing your journey with us and being vulnerable on this Diamond Mind podcast. I love you.
exhale as you relax them down. And when you're ready, gently blink your eyes open. Welcome back. Thank you.